Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. Celebrating the amazing people of coastal Mississippi and across this great state who are working hard to make this a great place to live, work, and play. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1. Hope you had a great weekend and welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show, the show that celebrates the men and women who are making this state such an amazing place to live, work, and play. We have a great guest today. We're gonna we're gonna move to Rob Siegler here in just a second. But I wanted to share something with you. I had um, I was preparing for my outdoor show, and I ran across this quote that I'm actually going to share on my outdoor show. But but I also thought, gosh, it kind of applies to some of the messages that we send out here on on my show on a regular basis. And that is that, you know, one of the things about social media and what it's done for us is it's kind of revealed people to us that may not have been necessarily smart. Now, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, but you know who they are. Some people just, they either buy onto a narrative about something or they have something to say, and they don't come across very smart. Um, And I wish there was a way. So actually, I have to be honest with you. I was going to say I wish there was a way to, to deal with that. But the way I've dealt with it to some extent is that I've, I've actually blocked a few people <laughs> along the way because I just didn't want to. I didn't want to take it. I, I have a you know, my 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 world. So a lot of my world is public, but a lot of my world is not public. And I I literally still have the ability to take people out of my world. And if someone is overly negative or o- overly dumb. I just, um, I try, I try to help them the best I can, but if they're unhelpable, if they prove themselves unhelpable, then I kind of, you know, I banish them from, from Ricky's world and that's just what I do. And I know a lot of friends who do that too. I'll be curious to hear if, if my next guest, Ross, Rob Siegler feels that way. But I, I ran across this quote that I thought that is beautiful mountains and all this greenery behind it. And I thought, oh, wow, this is going to be a short and sweet, beautiful uh, you know, quote, and then it then it got funny real quick. But this is what the quote says: "The closer you are to nature, the further you are from idiots." <laughs> I thought that was perfect. The closer you are to nature, the further you are from idiots. Gosh, it, you know, come on now. I don't like the word idiot because I, you know, I think everybody deserves redemption and an opportunity. But at the end of the day. That's one of the benefits of actually going outdoors and taking a deep breath of uh, salt air and getting, you know, with your own thoughts is sometimes you can get away from some of the people around you who you might feel that way about. And and I'm not saying give up on them because everybody, as I said, re, you know, deserves redemption. But um, but boy, social media has revealed some. That is for sure. That is for sure. And mo- nobody's going to argue with me on that one. I know that. If you if you have a different point of view, go to the Ricky Matthews uh, Facebook page and weigh in. We'd love to hear your point of view. Okay, so anyway, let's move over now to my friend Rob Siegler. Rob, in his day job, works for Cruising the Coast, and we've had terrific conversations with him the last time we talked about that. But he's also an opinion contributor, a, a thought leader, we call them at Super Talk Mississippi News, and he most recently wrote a column that we'll get to here in just a second. He's his his second um, submission, and uh, he's going to be 
awesome as a contributor because of his experience in news across the state of Mississippi. I'm excited to have him back on the show. Rob, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, Ricky. How are you? I'm doing fine. Hey, listen, I really, really enjoyed our last visit together. And uh, you know, for, for viewers, they need to hear this, that Rob and I, as I mentioned in the show, our paths didn't cross, although they should have because we were kind of coming along at about the same time. He, he was a little bit behind me in age. Um, but then we got to be friends on Facebook. But we ever, yeah, even to this moment, not that I'm aware of, have actually met each other in person. Well, but the, your hand. <laughs> so, yeah, so the, the so Rob and I, uh, we got to know each other the first time he was on the show a couple of weeks ago. But I felt like I already knew him because we've been sharing and quoting, you know, uh, not quoting, but commenting on each other's Facebook pages and had deep respect for the experience that he had in Picayune and Meridian and Laurel and Oxford and Vicksburg in the, in the newspaper business and the role that he's now playing at, um, at Cruising the Coast. But but it's been good to get to know him. He's a he's a really good thinker, and it's been fun, hasn't it, buddy? To to write like that. I know you've written some other stuff, but uh, for for other for other entities. But to have a sort of a regular gig to to introduce some important conversations into the statewide conversation. That's pretty cool. It is very cool. I appreciate the opportunity that you've uh, that y'all have given me to continue to um, voice some of my thoughts and uh, views and and, and feelings on uh, issues that uh, impact, I think, all of us in the state of Mississippi and, and across this nation. What's the, uh, what's the feedback been for you? It's been really positive. You know, um, people that I've been colleagues with for, for years, you know, have said it's great to see that you're still writing and, and still uh, putting your, your thoughts out there on, on digital rather than in print. But uh, it's been really positive so far. Hopefully it'll keep up. Well, the first piece you wrote was about gun violence, and it was a really important conversation. In fact, I had the opportunity um, a few mornings ago to do um, a, a speech at the Heart Association CEO breakfast, telling my CPR stories, the, 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 the story of um, having to, to uh, do mouth-to-mouth on my granddaughter. and She's doing fine, incidentally, but, but to, to share some stories about CPR. But while I was there, though, um, it seemed, you know, Leonard Papanian was there, Jace Payne was there, Fofo Gillich was there, um, a number of important CEOs from across the coast of Mississippi were there. But, you know, it's interesting, man, the conversations inevitably, any long conversations that I had inevitably re- went back to gun violence. A lot of concern, uh, you know, Hunter Dawkins and I had a deep conversation about it recently. But, you know, the, the, the most recent shooting in Ocean Springs on Government Street, you had the, the spring break shooting that you and I talked about. And you had the, the young man from past Christian that went over to Hancock County and, and shot a bunch of people. And, I mean, the list goes on and on. We've got some challenges in society. It's not just a local problem. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a problem in our country that's going to take some real leadership to solve. In fact, Leonard, I'm going to have him on the show coming up here pretty soon. Leonard, Leonard thinks that certainly we can have a national conversation, but the results, the real, the real work on the ground needs to happen in every single local community. That's the way we solve this. But um, I appreciate your willingness to write that. It was a really, really important piece. And um, it probably felt good to get it out there and, and have conversations about it it did and and i've had conversations since then about this topic um, it's been an issue that um, 
I think has been um, a problem in our in our state, in our community for a very long time. And uh, it's good to know that people are starting to take serious, um, having serious conversations about it and take the issue uh, more serious than maybe we have in the past. Um, society's changing, you know, for var various reasons. And then, you know, it's time for us to uh, find out what the solutions is are to this problem of gun violence and in particular with young people and why they seem to uh, turn more towards gun violence to solve, um, supposedly solve problems rather than, you know, talk it out or, um, you know, get together and have conversations. They, they turn to guns for one reason or another. And uh, it's an issue that uh, seems to be very prevalent. I think as we talked in uh, previous conversation, very prevalent among our younger generation. Yeah, you see, you see the shooting on Highway 90 during spring break, the absolute disregard for human life, you know, just in this crowded, crowded place to just start, you know, shooting with yeah. no, I mean, with no care at all, whether the bullet kills people or not. It's just the same situation in the government street shooting in Ocean Springs, walks into that facility and, uh, you know, apparently there was some person that he was seeking, but but a number of bystanders are shot in the process. Really no care whatsoever about whether there's going to be, you know, anyone's going to be hurt from their action. We hear that over and over and over again. And that has to do a lot about the state of mind some of these shooters are in. I mean, they don't. They're not. Um, they haven't been taught to worry right. about ramifications like that. They, they themselves may be scared to death, and maybe they don't think they're going to live tomorrow. You know, you and I went through all of that before. But boy, I tell you one thing, Rob. This is a conversation that's not going to go away. It's going to continue to go on. And you know, here on this show, why this show is really about celebrating. I'm going to celebrate leaders that are willing to have this conversation. And uh, I'm, I'm planning to have church leaders and community leaders and people of all walks of life to come in and talk about how they're dealing with it. And We've got to we got to focus on it big time. So anyway, thanks for that contribution for sure. Hey, before we get to your column, which about is about child abuse, so or something that's really really close to my heart, and something as a paramedic I saw too much of, and this was many years ago, but still major major problem in society. Um, I want to get to kind of the latest from you about the uh, about cruising the coast. You guys have been busy. You're, yeah. you know, there, there's no downtime for this this group that's that's always bar barreling toward October. But there's a lot of activities this time of year, isn't there, Rob? There's a lot going on. We we plan. You know, it's a year-round event for us to plan for the event that's coming up. And uh, there's three of us here in the office full time. <clears throat> that that work for cruising, and you know, Mr. Bailey and and Craig Rosoli and myself are the three full time people that uh, kind of make it all come together <clears throat> as far as the planning aspect of it. But um, yeah, we we rely on all the volunteers. Uh, pretty soon, we'll be setting up um, uh, other events that are going to be going coming along. Um, we recently added, I think Mr. Bailey spoke with you the other day about adding uh, Waveland to one of our venues. So we, we've got a lot going on with cruising. It's getting, yeah, getting we'll actually pick that up on the other side and sort of button up the cruise and the coast conversation. It's exciting. What a great event for Coastal Mississippi. As we continue our conversation with thought leader for Super Talk Mississippi News, and he works for Cruising the Coast, Rob Siegler. We'll see you on the other side.
Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of The Ricky Matthews Show on your laptop, desktop, or your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. His passion and love for coastal Mississippi is why he's here. This is The Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1. Welcome back to our newly named show about two weeks into the process, and uh, the feedback has been terrific. Thank you for listening. You might be listening on 103.1 or Super Talk TV or Facebook, YouTube, or your favorite podcast. Uh, we don't care how you interact with this show as long as you interact with the show, because when you interact with the show, you're learning with us what it takes to make a community like Coastal Mississippi, like Mississippi for that matter, tick. And uh, so many great guests. I haven't had a dud day, Rob. Rob Siegler from Cruising the Coast and a thought leader for Super Talk Mississippi Media. I look back on over 800 conversations and I don't see a, a dud in the group. It's just been so much fun bringing these amazing people to these to these uh, important conversations. Um, I missed that when I was a publisher, and I know you probably missed writing more, you know. And now you get that opportunity. Absolutely. I miss writing. I miss all the aspects of it. I don't miss the deadlines as much as I as you might think, but uh, I, I do miss the writing aspect of it. So I, I enjoyed contributing to Super Talk and uh, also get an opportunity to write a few feature stories for some of the magazines around the state. And uh, I've actually done some paginating and layout and design for some of the magazines. So I still still have my, my finger in it a little bit. So it's, it's good to be able to help you all out with it, too. So. One of the, you know, I'm I'm thrilled that we have a relationship. Super Talk Mississippi News has a relationship with Coach Young Professionals, mm-hmm. and they're writing this next step column. These are not leaders that are in the, you know, beginning stages of understanding leadership development in the community. They're very far along in their process, and they're ready to be the next leaders of the various organizations of Coastal Mississippi. And I had an awesome conversation with Aaron Rossetti who has a key communication role at Memorial Hospital in Gulfport. And and she wrote a column. She wrote Jace Payne wrote the first one, the president of CYP, who works for the city of Gulfport, wrote the first one, and then she wrote the second one. And she gets into a lot of details about Mississippi's perception, you know, the perception of Mississippi and how that sometimes can get in the way of what people wanting to move here. And once they get here, they see something completely different than that. I don't think our leaders feel the responsibility, though. I, and I wish I, I don't. And I mean, Democrats and Republicans alike, they should feel more responsibility for making sure that the messages that are going outside the state don't somehow confirm some false narrative about us. But but I hate to say it, but too often they do. Um, we have to have more courage. Uh, I just think courage. In fact, I'm going to have a whole show around courage. But as a as a former newspaper editor, you know that word courage, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it takes a lot of guts sometimes to to write that story that might that's the truth that might offend some people. Uh, it might, um, you know, I've been in that situation before where a story was not very popular with you know certain aspects of the community, but it's a story that has to be written, and you have to show a lot of courage and a lot of guts to go out there and 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 do that to uh, make keep people informed about uh, their communities. And you know, 
community newspapers are vital to our to everywhere. I mean, Mississippi included, the Gulf Coast included. Um, I think they're a vital aspect of any community that's viable and looking to grow and and um, bring in businesses and other um, people to come to that community. They want to know what's happening in that community, whether it's good or bad. Uh, hopefully, most of it's good. But uh, there are times when you just have to write that story that um, may not be popular with a lot of folks. So, yeah, I'm very familiar over a 30 year career about, uh, you know, having the guts to, to write that story or publish that story in the paper. So I, I ran across this this quote from Thomas Paine recently. It will ring so true to you. Mm-hmm. It certainly did to me. And here's what Thomas Paine said. A body of men holding themselves accountable to nobody I'd not be trusted by anybody. Right. Gosh, is that true or what? That is very true. That's about as true as it gets right there. Um, yeah, we, we all have to be held accountable, uh, whether or not you're in public office or, or whatever the case might be. But uh, as, as communities, it's important to, uh, to all of us to be informed, stay informed, and be involved in our communities. And uh, that, that de- definitely is true of uh, newspapers and journalism on local level. Well, I saw, um, I'm not, I won't get into the specific issue here, but there was an issue that I got locked on to on Super Talk Mississippi, uh, Super Talk Outdoors, excuse me. And um, what I've learned through studying that issue is that there hasn't been enough public accountability in the conservation community as there used to be. And the, and the reason for that is that outdoor reporters and a large number of others that might have been interested in these kind of topics, environmental topics, conservation topics, hunting and fishing, think, regulations and policies, that, that kind of stuff, um, that with the shrinking of newspapers across the state, we don't have resources that are focused on that anymore. You've got a couple of people who, in the state who are, but they tend to just cover fishing and hunting and the, the the process of outdoor recreation and not the policies behind them. So you've had this long drawn out time now where, uh, where, where people with personal interests have gotten involved in certain issues and um, and I've been extremely respectful, to be honest with you, about the way that I've called them out. Very respectful. In fact, <laughs> I have tremendous sources, and I'm not saying 99% of what I know. So the 1% of what I know that I'm saying has got so many of them running for the hills because they're not used to they're not used to the accountability. Right. And uh, there's been an incredible effort behind the scenes to try to silence my voice, which is impossible. They're not going to be able to silence my voice. Um, but they tried. So they're let, you know, it's, it's so interesting because people who would otherwise care deeply about conservation and the topic, they intuitively understand why we need to do that, whatever that topic might be. But because they know someone who they're politically connected to or have some financial interest in or maybe they're their friend, because of that, they're willing to support their friend's personal interest over what's best for the state. And we have too many people that do that over and over and over again. And you know what, what Thomas Paine says, a body of men holding themselves accountable to nobody ought not be trusted by anybody. And the role that newspapers and media and TV and radio and everybody plays in bringing light to these important topics 
uh, man, it can't be underestimated because this is democracy in action. We're we're news and information that people can trust. I might add, are what makes democracy viable. And you know, I used to say that in speeches all the time, but after Katrina, I came to really appreciate it even more. But you know, doing something like an outdoor show, you wouldn't think that I would get a great lesson again in this, but I do. You wouldn't believe the efforts underway to try to silence my voice. Um, but it's just a reminder that when we when we take the light off, when when we're not shining the light, then bad things can happen. Or, or at least maybe you know some people may not say that's a bad thing, but but in other words, actions could be taken that are contrary to the public interest. That's the point I'm making. Um, you see that you see you've seen in your career what happens when you take the light off, haven't you? All the time. All the time, more frequently than I would like to to say, but yeah, all the time you, you see where where corruption uh, in state government can run rampant, or in, in local government, uh, in in any environment of of government. Um, if you take the light off of it, don't hold people accountable, then anything can happen. That's that's the role that newspapers and journalism, you know, legitimate newspapers and journalism have to have to be uh, involved in. They have to be the ones that are, are the, the voice for the people to say, hey, look, this is wrong. Something needs to be done about it and let folks, you know, make up their own minds about it and, and determine what's, what's best for everyone overall, not just a, a few select people who, who have their own interests in mind rather than all of us. So, well, totally Rob, that's extremely well all. said. And one of the one of the one of the great things about Super Talk Mississippi uh, Media News and our our shows that are statewide and regional and our news effort going to fifty one radio stations is that at a time when radio stations are are doing a lot of conglomerating to a national approach, as we've discussed in the past, Super Talk has done just the opposite. They've become more local. They've 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 made their news effort more stronger. And so with the void of resources falling at newspapers across across the state, I mean I'm talking about I'm talking about significant decline in the number of resources at these newspapers. Um, and really the TV stations and, and I mean, the, the truth is it's, it's a problem in media in general, uh, with the, with the fallen resources, uh, it, it creates an opportunity for super talk to fill the void and man, they're doing a good job of doing it so that, so that on a show like mine, I can raise the concern and bring people to the awareness around it. And, um, and you said, you know, uh, this one particular issue is about a lot of politically one or two or three politically connected people that have been able to sort of manipulate the system in their regard. I'm not saying they're doing anything illegal. The point is that corruption, corruption, go to look at the definition of corruption. Corruption doesn't necessarily mean that someone's doing something illegal. It's just that it means that they are there's manipulating the system in a way that will serve them. And some issues that I see in the conservation community are corrupt. They're absolutely corrupt. And we've got to bring credibility back to these debates and conversations. And the process of getting them there, you got to have thick skin. you got to be cur- have correct courage. But I have a long history of learning how to be courageous. <laughs> I, have, I have had some tough conversations in my life. And I'm thrilled that Super Talk's in the middle of those conversations today. Hey, when we come back, we'll get back with uh, Rob Siegel and talk about his most recent column about uh, child abuse. Really, really important column. We'll see you after this.
Subscribe for free to the Ricky Matthew Show podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Reminding you why we all love living in coastal Mississippi. It's the Ricky Matthew Show on Super Talk 103.1. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show. I have my friend Rob Siegler. I really enjoy chatting with him. And again, I say this a lot, but some of the best conversations actually happen during the break. And uh, one day we'll just keep the mic running and make sure we don't lose anything important. But he and I both go back a long way in the news media. And so we've we've got the scars to show for it. But with the scars, create some calyx. And from, from calyx, you get courage. And from courage, you're willing to go to subjects that are not popular sometimes, but need to be talked about. And um, you know, so that's actually one of the reasons I'm thrilled that Rob Siegler is now a thought leader for Super Talk Mississippi News and writing a regular column. First one about gun violence. The second one, incredibly powerful, about child abuse. Uh, so, Rob, let's get let's get to the column itself. Um, why don't you, if you're talking to someone? about sort of the thesis for your column that you wrote. How do you talk about it? Well, basically, you know, I, I've always been an advocate for children. I've, uh, I think everybody, you know, that's that's a given for just about any human being that, you know, children are the most uh, important aspect of our lives, in my opinion. And when you harm a harmless child, that really hits my heart hard. And um, there was an issue that came up about Five years ago, where a family that I'm very familiar with uh, had to deal with um, the aspect of child abuse, where one of their young child, uh, one of their um, nephews, grandsons, was a victim of child abuse, and uh, I saw them have to deal with that, and it was, it touched my heart, and um, you know I felt like you know that was something that we haven't really discussed a whole lot as, as, as people, you know, it's kind of, you know, kind of in the shadows, so to speak. And I, I think we need to shine more light upon that issue, uh, aspect of child abuse. And, um, um, so I wrote a column about it, you know, several years ago and it went, I wouldn't say viral, but it was, it was, it was spread quite a bit to a lot of folks about this particular instance that took place that impacted my family and, and this, this family in particular. And uh, so ever since I've kind of been um, uh, taking this issue of child abuse personal. And um, when we had the issue with a young boy here in Gulfport a few weeks ago, that was a victim of child abuse. Unfortunately, he passed away. And, um, you know, that, that kind of made me think again, you know, this is something as a community that we should be more involved in to, um, you know, Try to try to you know protect the children that are to me the most important part of our lives. Uh, they they are our future, um, literally our future, and uh, they need to be protected and and you know raised um, um, in, in environments where they're they're not victims of um, um, abuse. And you know that to me that's very important. Um, and that one aspect, like I said, you know, hit home for me a few years ago. And then the, the issue that came up here recently got me to thinking that, you know, this is something that as we as a community need to do more about. Uh, if you see something, do something. If you suspect something, say something. You know, it's important that we just don't turn a blind eye to what we suspect or what we think might be going on and uh, let, let people um, that can do something about it. Uh, aware of the situation. Um, so 
that's kind of where the the column uh, generated from was that personal issue that 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 my family went through, um, and also with uh, the recent passing of this young five year old child in Gulfport, and uh, it it just it hits home for me, Ricky. You know, with with kids and stuff. You know, kids are, you know, they have a soft spot, soft, soft spot in my heart. So um, uh, they always have. Being a father, I just could not imagine what um what what they went through what um um the family that you know that I spoke about five years ago what they've gone through fortunately this young young boy is now you know in his preteens doing fantastic um I, I just wish there were more outcomes like his um that we could discuss and talk about it but unfortunately you know as I put in the column more than six hundred thousand children in our nation are victims of of child abuse um I believe the numbers, the numbers in my column speak for themselves, but we just look at them as just numbers sometimes. We don't think about them as individual people, and I think that's where we need to focus more upon, that these are real numbers, not just statistics. You know, thank you so much for bringing that to the forefront to talk about it. Uh, this has always been a, an important conversation for me as well. Um, uh, you know, I had three kids, and then I have four grandkids, and I coached ball for most of their lives, and had some met so many wonderful kids. And some, some along the way, I wondered about. I wondered. I watched their relationship with their with their family, and I worried about them. You know, uh, never knew anything specific, but but worried about it. But as a publisher, I often was very much in touch with the social worker community with. With um, with the youth court uh, judges who often see a lot of not so good stuff, uh, the law enforcement community, the mental health community, um, in, in dealing with folks who are in the foster care industry, uh, uh, the women's uh, resource center, what we discover is that a lot of kids that are are impacted there. There's some issue with mental health in that family. Um, there's drug and alcohol abuse often, very often, some, somewhat. There are economic strains in some way or the other. One of the issues I got really locked on to early in the, in the tenure of this show and had numerous shows about it was the issue of human trafficking. And what I learned, you know, when we think about human trafficking, we often think about it being in Africa or some far-flung place. But... But actually, human trafficking, the most prevalent human trafficking, actually can happen within a family. It's a, it's a, one, a family member uh, bringing a young boy or girl into some kind of uh, a bad situation, sexually oriented, in, in fact. Um, and um, it could be in your neighborhood. It could be, you know, right there. And I've had long conversations with with uh, the the attorney general about this, with uh, the Secretary of State, many others, uh, about this issue of human trafficking in Mississippi. And Mississippi, the, 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 the Speaker of the House and I have had full shows about it. Mississippi's done a lot of uh, good legislation out there to, to really kind of push this conversation forward. But, you know, you, you, can, you have to sort of, you have to deal it with all, within the context of all these various dimensions, and it's hard. And what, I, what I've most learned, Rob, is that people, as a general rule, it's hard to think about a kid being abused to the point that they die it's it's kind of it's, it's for most people it's out of sight out of mind and to contemplate just to contemplate it is painful so mm -hmm. people don't think about it because it's hard to think about it is that what you find as well 
Absolutely. People want to want to think about, you know, happier things and they can't believe that this is actually something that might be happening. And they just kind of block it out. I think, as you know, I'm not sure if that's a normal reaction to, to something, but to me, the reaction is to, to try to protect that child or protect, you know, our children um, and not block it out, but to shine light on it and say this, hey, this is an issue. This is a problem that needs to be dealt with, uh, whether it's through legislation, you know, I, you know, I'm State leaders need to get involved and, and pass more laws that are more stringent against child abusers. Um, I don't know specifics on what what the um, standards are for child abuse and how, you know, prison sentences and that type of thing are. But uh, to me, they're, they're not it's not anywhere near what it should be. Um, I, I think, you know, the, a person who would abuse a, a child intentionally is, is the lowest person that imaginable. Um, whether it's a, a family member or a friend or or uh, a child that you know just down the street, I mean, um, child abusers in my in my opinion are are the I hate to use the word scum, but you know to me that's what they are. They're they're just low life people that that um, take advantage of of children in in one way or another by by abusing them, whether it's a parent or or if it's not. Um, I think in my statistics in the article that I wrote. Um, 77, 77% of children who are abused are abused by a, by a parent. And to me, that's unfathomable. I mean, I just cannot believe that, you know, that, that, that would be the case is, 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 you know, a, a parent would actually abuse their own child to the point, like you say, where, you know, it could lead to, to death. And, and that's just very sad. And um, I think it's something that we as a community need to, um, take note of and do more about whether, like I say, is it through legislation or whatever. But as individuals, we can always report it and say, hey, I think there might be something going on and let those in charge investigate it and, and you know, determine um, if there is an issue there. Um, but people have to step up and, and, and say something. That's where it starts at. Is you step up and say something and say, I suspect this might be taking place. I don't have any proof. You may have proof. But, and if you do have proof, then you need to go and take it to the authorities and, and say this is what's happening and um, something needs to be done. But as, as communities and society, I don't think we do enough of that simply because you look at the statistics and the statistics are astronomical. So obviously we're not doing enough to protect our children. We saw during the pandemic statistics went up more because you know kids were locked in the homes with their with their families and those who were going to be abused it just it just uh, increased the occurrence or at least the opportunity for that to happen. Hey, when we come back on the other side, we'll continue our conversation with thought leader uh, for Super Talk Mississippi News, Rod Siegler, on his most recent topic, uh, child abuse. We'll see you after this. So listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say Alexa. Open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is the Ricky Matthew Show on Super Talk Gulf Coast 103.1.
Welcome back to uh, the Ricky Matthews Show. I'm, I'm, I'm visiting with my friend Rob Siegler. Long, long history of uh, a newspaper editor across the state of Mississippi. Most recently, he works with Cruising the Coast, but he's writing a column for Super Talk Mississippi News as a thought leader, and we're thrilled to have him on our team. You can actually uh, go to supertalk.fm and uh, click on News and then click on Opinion to see his column. You can go to the Super Talk Mississippi website, or excuse me, the Super Talk Mississippi Facebook site, and we'll actually have a link to his story with um, or his column with this show. So you can have access to it there as well. But Rob, one of the things that you said, there is a, you know, we were talking during the break that there's probably a very significant connection between the the environment that these kids are in that involves potential child abuse and then sort of the evolving issue around gun violence because of the kind of situations that they may be raised in. And the gun violence issue is one that's going to take years and years to solve. It may begin, actually, with someone making a phone call and saying they're worried about that child. And your, your point just a few minutes ago was that if you see something or suspect, suspect something, call somebody. Call 911 and tell them. Because what, what's going to happen after that is that the law enforcement community is going to go into full gear. Uh, I know for a fact from my conversations with judges and the DA and long list of others, they care extremely deeply about the issue of child abuse, and they will aggress seek out uh, what the situation is and the goal would be to protect the child so if you if you're if you're you know initially uh, wanting results the best results you can get is make a phone call and let them do an investigation and then um, sometimes that leads to the child be, being being taken as some kind of protective custody or whatever the situation might be but you know an early way to help maybe contribute to the gun violence is for people to be more engaged in conversations like this so that authorities can be alerted so that we can, you know, in some cases, maybe take that child out of that abusive environment and give them a chance to succeed in their life. I read something the other day that said, if you haven't taught a, a kid by the time they're five, uh, what no means you're going to have, you got big trouble. Um, so, you know, this, this all goes hand in glove to some of these other solutions that we've been talking about. But, man, I mean, I would say the most important message that you send by at least bringing the conversation about child abuse back into the forefront is simply this. If you see something or you suspect something, call somebody because it could save that kid's life, couldn't it, Rob? Absolutely. And, you know, that's that's what we're all trying to do is protect this child and and get them in a situation where they can, you know, flourish as individuals and, and, and have a chance in life. Um, so I think it starts with us as a community to, to do something if we suspect something and, um, you know, see where it goes from there. Like you say, law enforcement, judges, all those who get involved and, and maybe this child can can be saved and and, and uh, given a chance to 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 thrive. Uh, in an environment that uh, is more conducive to um, being a, a, a good citizen of, of our community. And I think that's what we all want. We want all our children to succeed and um, be part of society and, and, and um, be successful and, and, and all of that. So, yeah, I, I, I think it starts with, with us as individuals. If we, if we think something's going on that, that's not right, then, then it's up to us to do something about it. 
this child, you know, can't maybe can't speak up for themselves. You know, who knows what the case might be? They might be too scared to to say something. So, us as adults need to do more. Uh, I think our teachers uh, do a great job at, at that kind of thing. I think you know, uh, coaches and 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 things like that. You know do a great job of, of noticing these things and do a good job of, of reporting it if, if they see something. At least I hope they do. I hope most of them do. Um, but I, I think with the teachers that I've talked to and the coaches that I've known over the years, if they suspect something's going on, they'll let the authorities know about it. And I think it's up to us also to, to let authorities know about something if, uh, if it doesn't seem right. If it doesn't seem right, let somebody know. Rob, one of the things I'll commit to you, and I really appreciate you kind of pushing both of these subjects, gun, gun violence and child abuse, that in future conversations with judges and DAs and the law enforcement community, I'll always make these two items part of the conversation. And look, gun violence is going to be part of those conversations anyway. But the reality is um, we should be more aggressive about those conversations and we should have those conversations more often. We're probably not having them enough. So it's in the public consciousness about what are some of the things we can do? What can a pastor in the community do? What can a community leader do? What can a, a principal at a school do or a teacher at a school and a coach, you pointed these out as it relates to, to uh to child abuse, but you know, everyone who is a leader in the community, the closer to the situation we can get, the more possibilities are going to arise around how we solve the problem. And it's not one action, it's going to be hundreds of actions taken in unison because we all care deeply about this about the issue and we want to seek a resolution. That's the way it's going to be fixed. That's what Leonard Papania said to me the other morning. And he was right. It's just going it's going to happen on the local level. We need an important conversation on the national level for sure. We need we need it on every level, but boy, the, the rubber's going to hit the road in the, in the local communities. Thanks for your continued uh, uh, contributions to Super Talk Mississippi News, and I can't wait to read your next column, my friend. I'm, I'm working on it as we speak, so uh, it'll be coming out pretty soon, and I uh, look forward to, to talking with you again here in the near future, Ricky. You bet, Rob. It's been a pleasure. This has been Rob Siegler, and uh, anyway, I've really enjoyed that conversation. This is what thought leaders do. They force us to have important conversations that sometimes we don't want to have. Have a great day and we will see you tomorrow. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.